When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, Dusty Dvorak joins us to preview OU Tulane. Dusty will be on the call for ABC, so we get all of his insight on the matchup in the National College Football Roundup. We preview some of the best games in week one, including Georgia, Clemson, and Penn State, Wisconsin. And we finish up by giving you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, September 2nd, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in September from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $80,000 Blitz and Bucks promotion. Drawings are every 30 minutes. If you need help finding your way, just visit Riverwind.com, Riverwind Casino, simply the one. Now we're recording this on Wednesday night. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment while you're at it. Ted, college football season is upon us. Are you are you ready for the madness? I'm I'm ready. Yeah, it's madness already. Yes, uh, but bring it on. Let's go. First game out of the shoot. No big deal. Let's just relocate this sucker and uh, and play some football, right? And with college football season comes more birthday shout-out requests, Ted. Yeah. Happy 30th birthday to Ardmore America's finest, Mr. Colton Hembry. Yes, you, Colton. Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday. Good nice. friends. Welcome to the uh, club. I'll be uh, soon leaving and headed to the 4-0 club. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Couple months left. this month. Yikes. I'm getting old, man. I'll be 40 in November. It's painful Ooh. to even think about. 
<laughs> okay, brutal. let's get to all you football stuff before we get too sad. Okay, I did want to start off with this. And we've got our man, Dusty Dvorak. He'll be on the call for the OU two-lane game, so we're going to preview the game with him. A lot of fun, as usual, with our man, Dusty. But I know a lot of OU fans are wondering how they can help, right? How can they help the people in the state of Louisiana? And Tulane is endorsing GNOF.org. That is GNOF.org. So if you want to help in a monetary way by donating money to Hurricane Ida Relief, that is the site that Tulane is endorsing. There will also be an in-stadium donation option for fans at the game, Ted. And I really hope there's like some sort of bar, like a bar graph. Yeah, we're up there on the scoreboard that's constantly moving. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they do that. I hope they work in a graphic with it because I don't know what it is about those graphics. People lose their damn minds when you can see it growing. I hope I, I hope we get to do one of those. If you really want people to donate, you need one of those little quarter machines, you know, where it's like sliding the quarter off the edge. <laughs> so I, I'm sure OU fans are going to donate in a big way for our friends uh, Tulane coming. I, I know it's going to be a weird atmosphere, right? Because I think everyone is trying to support all those players from Tulane, especially a lot of guys on that roster from the state of Louisiana. So I think going to be a little, little bit of a weird energy in the stadium, but OU fans know natural disasters. And I got a feeling they're going to donate a whole lot of money to Hurricane Ida Relief. I, I guess we got to start with the Theo stuff. Right? Yeah. Rumors swirling. Bad rumors swirling. The letters ACL being thrown around there. Now, I will fully admit I have not asked anyone about this. I tend to stick, stay clear of injuries. I don't, I don't know. I, I get weird about that for the most part. I will say this. He, he injured that foot right in spring. Remember we all saw him on the cart at the spring game just from personal experience. It is not that difficult to re injure a foot. I've done it, especially if it's that fifth metatarsal in your foot. I rebroke mine. It was not a very fun experience. I don't know if that's what it is, I'm just hoping that Theo East is only missing a couple of weeks and not the whole season, Ted. Yeah, you never know with a foot um, if that's what it is. I, I think, you know, the, the ACL thing got thrown around, and I think anytime someone's hurt, that's like the first thing that people think about. So uh, I don't know if that's how that, that kind of got going. The foot would make a lot of sense. Um, you know, you can have a mid, midfoot sprain. You can have, like you said, broken bones. There's no telling what it is. And, you know, I, I would guess that at best we're talking about he misses a couple of weeks. At worst, obviously, misses the season. So, and it's a hit, man. We've, we've had a string of bad luck, man. And we, we really have. I, we've, we keep finding new ways for guys to – to miss games. I mean, we've, we've kind of hit every possible way throughout this off season. So I'm hoping it's something that's, that's not bad that he can fight back from. 
maybe miss a, a handful of weeks. You just don't know. I'll say this, the, you know, the wide receiver core, there's a lot of good talent there, but there's a heck of a lot of unknown. There really is. Um, you know, I feel comfortable with the spot, but outside of Mims now and, you know, a handful of other guys, we've, we've got a lot of question marks going out there. Guys that you think could take care of the job and highly talented guys, but still unknown. Yeah, when you look at it with Weiss missing some time, you're expecting, you know, a guy like Jaden Hazelwood to step up. You're expecting a guy like Mike Woods, who, you know, we've heard really good things about. You're expecting him to step up and make plays. So it's just an opportunity for those guys. I mean, that that's one of the that's one of the rough things about football is it is next man up, right? When you're injured. So We'll see. I am interested to see what the rotation looks like at outside receiver in this opener. So we'll see, but clearly hoping for the best there for Theo Weiss and his health, his health, Ted. So Ted, when the season starts, you and I, we start doing a bunch of OU TV stuff and and it's really fun because we actually get to talk to the coaches and kind of pick their brains on some things and on Wednesday, I did Coach's Corner and got to talk to Grinch and Beatenbow and a little few nuggets from those conversations. We asked Bill a, uh, about, like, hey, give us a guy on the defense that is kind of flying under the radar and that has stood out to him leading up to this game. And I thought his response was very interesting because his response was Kelvin Gilliam. And it just made me go, well, the offensive line coach knows a little little bit about defensive line play. Now, Biedenboe went on to say, hey, he's not sure how much he's going to play in the near future, but he did say he thinks that guy has everything it takes to be an elite player on the defensive line. That got me excited. I know we're worried about this year, but he basically was like, hey, that guy is going to be a dude. It's crazy, right? Grinch is talking about, playing 14 defensive linemen if you include defensive ends and rush backers and Kelvin Gilliam's not a name that we've really heard so it's like how how deep does it go I mean honestly um one of the younger guys big body uh long arm guy so yeah it's it's exciting man the more the merrier I I love it that these names keep keep getting thrown out at us as far as uh pass rushers guys on that defensive line yeah, another takeaway from beating Bo, Tyrese Robinson had as good of a training camp as anyone did, especially when it comes to offensive line. So, honestly, I, I'm starting to think that OU is more stable at right tackle than left tackle. In fact, I feel comfortable saying that. Now, Tyrese Robinson, he doesn't have the ideal length. You want it tackled. I mean, he just doesn't, but he's been very, very consistent for them like they know what they're going to get from him at the tackle position which is why he's going to start at right tackle on Saturday now you go at look at left tackle Anton Harrison missed like eight or ten practices to start training camp with an ankle I mean he's just missed time and he missed time in spring right with the groin so this is a young guy who has all the talent in the world he's just been banged up a lot and then Wanya Moore, same thing, has missed some time, has shown some inconsistency. One name that keeps coming up, and I know for whatever reason, OU fans give him the hardest time ever, but 
Eric Switzer is going to be a factor on this offensive line. He may play some tackle. He may play some guard. But I do think this first game, like they're looking for a guy to take the job at left tackle. So that's a spot I'm going to be focused on on Saturday, man. Yeah. Uh, it's, I honestly don't know how to feel about it. The depth chart came out this uh, late afternoon, early evening, and there's a whole bunch of oars on there. Uh, pretty much every position has an oar. Uh, it actually has uh, Wanya Morris playing right tackle on the depth he's, chart. Yeah, he's been working at both, so we'll see. So but. I, I think, but, you know, saying what you said there with uh, Tyrese Robinson, feeling like he's locked down the right, it's – I'm with you. There's a rotation of guys there, which – Early in the season, not that big of a deal, but at some point you want to find your guys and lock it up. It's not ideal, the situation right now, but as you've said throughout the offseason, they like their pieces. So I'm still rolling with that. Let's hope they can put them together. I'm just, I'm just wondering, and I don't know why Eric Swenson gets such a hard time, but I'm just wondering what some OU fans' reaction was when they saw his name at the top of the, top of the depth chart at left tackle. I can only imagine. He's a solid player. Leave the kid alone, people. Just leave him alone. But I, I've been fighting the battle, too. you got to keep in mind that about 95% of the snaps that he's been out there have been – while he's battling some type of serious injury, right? So if he's healthy, you put you you would think that it stands to reason he would play a lot better, more solid football. Yeah, and one other thing that I thought was interesting that Alex Grinch told us was Caleb Kelly's going to play outside backer, right? They were they were looking for a way to get him on the field. It. it he was not going to get snaps at inside linebacker. And they thought that he could kind of go back to what he did earlier in his career there at Oklahoma. And that's just, Hey, play the edge, set the edge in the run game, rush the passer. And they feel like they found the place for him. He's one of the guys that is easily one of the most likable dudes on the team, right? He was voted captain for a reason. The fan base loves him. But it, it does sound like he he could play some significant snaps on the edge, Ted. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, you think about how busy the room is at inside backer. There's only two spots. They've got a lot of capable guys there. It's hard to get playing time. Um, he never really got a bunch of time at inside backer. He's, his more natural feel does seem to be at the rush spot, at the edge spot. Um, here's the thing. Benito is going to be fantastic this year, but he's not going to be a 75, 80 snap guy. He's not, he's going to be more about a 45 uh, to 50 snap guy. So there's going to be some time in there for someone to step in and get some good reps, meaningful reps out there. And Caleb Kelly's got a chance to, to fight for that spot. Yeah. And there's, there's going to be so much competition in the secondary and that competition, uh, I believe Ted is going to go throughout the entire season, just with the way that Grinch is making it sound. They're looking for more consistency at corner. They, 
they've had guys that have shown flashes, you know, made big plays. You know, we've all seen some of the highlights. He wants consistency, man. I, I think Woody Washington has been the most consistent guy leading up to the season. Now he doesn't have the size and the length that some of the other guys have, but they want guys that are going to play the same snap in and snap out. You know, when, when a guy makes a great play and then all of a sudden busts, that is, that is a quick way to get pulled off the field. I mean, you just, you just can't have that, especially a corner, man. Yeah, no, you can't. Um, they ask a lot of their corners. It's a tough conference for corner. Uh, there's some big, very capable wide receivers with good quarterbacks throwing them the ball, good schemes. So it's a tough spot. But, yeah, consistency has been an issue for them. Now, just talking with them, it's like one day a guy looks like an All-American. The next day, you know, giving up balls, having middle bust, not showing up ready to play. Um you know, you hope that whenever you get into live bullets, live action, that everyone like really tightens up the screws. But it is a problem. And it, it's it's really if, if you were to ask what the biggest question mark is defensively to the coaches, then that's probably what they would say is consistency at corner right now. Yeah. So there's there's going to be guys competing still. I know that it's. It's the first game. Nothing, nothing is set in stone. Remember that, people. That this is it's constant competition, especially I think on the defensive side of the ball and along the offensive line. Uh, this is going to be a constant evaluation, especially early in the season. Okay, Ted, season's back. So for our call your shot, we're asking for the bold predictions for the game. So we got some good ones from the listeners. This one comes from our man, Drew Gastineau. He's always chiming in on the call your shots. And he said, Teddy's boy Stutzman <laughs> leads the team in tackles on Saturday. Well, I definitely think he's going to play and he's probably going to play quite a bit, especially if the football go game goes the way you think it will. Uh, he's got an opportunity, man. He does a uh, big kid rangy. He can run. He'll strike you. Uh, you know, through training camp, he was playing both the Mike and the Will spot. I think now that they, they've gotten into regular season, he's going to dial in more at the Mike. Um, Deshaun White's going to be like your, your backup at both of those spots should something catastrophic go down. He would be the guy that they would, you know, be the, the, the next step in. But, you know, in regular game rotation, whenever you got your starters out there, I expect Stutzman to be a guy who plays quite a bit. You're so excited about him. You're so excited. I'm excited about everyone. Honestly, I, I, I'm more excited about the possibilities at defensive line than I am anything on the defense. I'm that's, that's, where it, that's where it all starts, right there. If yeah. those guys play the way we think, a lot of other things kind of just take care of themselves. You cannot have a badass defense without having a badass defensive line. Those right. the rules, man. That's just how it works. So I, I'm with you. I can't wait to watch that front seven play. Okay, this one comes from Jason Moore on Twitter. He says, Jaden Knowles leads the team in rushing. Not mm. the craziest thing I've ever heard, right? Yeah. Especially, hey, if. Sooners get out to a big lead. We could see some weatherman Jay for what, maybe the entire second half, something like that. 
could get quite a few carries. I don't think that's crazy, Ted. Well, I, I think one of the one of the most important things coming out of this game, we obviously you want to play well, not get anyone injured, you know, all of those things. But outside of that, I think Lincoln wants to find out who that number three guy is and who can be uh, who can be relied upon to go in in games when you've got a lead late, carry the rock, make smart deci- decisions, stay in bounds, uh, hang on to the football, understand the blitz uh, pickup schemes and stuff. So I think that I think that's an actually a a pretty smart pick because Lincoln, knowing he's got two guys, he's not going to ride those two guys into the ground. He's going to try and figure out who that third guy is. So. I, I think that's actually a, a decent little pick. Yeah, we'll see whether it's Todd Hudson, whether Man Jay. We'll see if Jeremiah Hall gets any carries. That, that's going to be something that we definitely keep an eye on. Okay, last one comes from our man, Kurt Crawford. He says, Bowman scores on defense or special teams. Mark it down. Okay. I. If that happens, I think we'll all be just glowing in the post game, right? I mean, that's. Do you remember my reaction to Marvin Mims last year after the opener? Oh, uh, yeah. You said it'd be a first rounder. That's what I said. If Bowman does something like that, I'm telling you, I'm bringing the same energy to the post game. <laughs> yeah. He, hey, I know they're excited about him. I know he's got all the tools. I can't wait to see him play. Because I've only seen a little bit of action from him in the spring game. And, you know, he was just getting kind of settled in at that spot. So I can't wait to see what he brings. Yeah. I mean, that is a kid that found the weight room in the spring, found it again in the summer. And, man, the coaches are high on that dude. And I will say this. I've got a feeling this team is going to have some dynamic punt returns this year. I don't know why. It's just a feeling, man. I think we're going to see some big, big returns from the punt return game. Well, I, I said this last night with T. Rowe. I, special teams needs to be a weapon for this football team. If, if they're going to compete with the big boys, if they're going to go into a semifinal or maybe even a national championship game, special teams cannot be a liability. We've got way too many guys, too much talent standing on the sideline, to go out there and have teams come out and routinely beat us in special teams, that's got to be a weapon. We've got to start having special teams make a difference in football games on the good side. Third phase of the game. Okay, Ted, let's get to our OU2 lane preview with our man, Dusty Dvorak. But first, First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. There's one on the way to the stadium. Just go to that one. Go to that one, people. And make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. 
Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. All right, here he is. Here's Dusty Dvorak. It is our pleasure to be joined by the man that will be on the call 11 a.m. ABC for OU Tulane. You can also catch him every weekday morning on Sirius XM Channel 84 with everyone's favorite, Danny Cannell. Dusty and Danny in the morning. According to them, the fastest growing radio show in all of radio is that is is that the line right that's what they say it cannot be confirmed or denied but it's it's what i've been told so i'm just gonna go with it what's up fellas not a lot i caught the show this morning what's Danny? you said he's off getting botox or something you guys were joking (laughs) he i think it was manny petty day you know he's getting Uh, close to 50 now so my guy's got to take care of himself a little r&r and um he says he's not going to miss another day for the rest of the um, the season. We'll see if that happens. Okay. Has Sooner Nation forgiven him? Did you know? No. What do you he, mean? He had to. I don't know if you did. You hear the uh, version of Boomer Sooner that he sang on our show? It was delightful. It was something. I don't. <laughs> I was trying to help him. I was trying to be that. You know, uh, get to give that olive branch between Sooner Nation and him and. Not only did he not accept, I think he just tried to dig in a little bit more. But I will say, what I will say, though, is I haven't heard many people as high on the Sooners in the national media as him. He loves the Sooners. He's got them as number one in the country starting the season, and he thinks they're going to win a national championship. So you can be upset with them all you want about the softball comments. I'm sure he loves that. Uh, but in reality, he's a big fan of Oklahoma football, and he's a very big fan of this team in particular. So you can hate him all you want, but I think on some level, you might start to love him a little bit because he might be your biggest fan out there in the national media. He, well, he made some lifelong enemies out of yeah. some OU fans. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Well, what do you think, man? Uh, Danny likes him. What do you think of the Sooners? I, I think the Sooners are going to be really good. Um, I've got them going to the national championship game. I think they can win a national championship this year. All the ingredients are there. I mean, you guys know that. Uh, we've all talked about it all fair. But, you know, offensive line's a question for me. Uh, I really want to see them be improved. I think overall, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of tangent from offensive line and just running game. Like, you know, that's the one aspect. Obviously, now it's just two. Scholarship running backs, Eric Gray, I think is going to be outstanding, especially catching the football. Uh, And then Kennedy Brooks back. You know, Lincoln Riley's offense, as much as we praise him about being a quarterback guru and uh, scheming people up, and he is that, he also loves to run the football. And I think that's a big part of what makes his offense so difficult to defend. And I just question, can they run the football as effectively when they need to? And I'm not talking about in the Big 12. I'm talking about in the playoff. I'm talking about a national championship game. So there's a long way to go before you get there. There's a lot of opportunities to get better and improve throughout the course of the season. That would be, as we sit here, though, my biggest concern, just the overall running game. But 
as I've said a thousand times, I do think Bill Beanbow is as good as there is in college football at the offensive line. I think DeMarco Murray is a heck of a running backs coach. So they've got the coaches in place. They've got good talent there. We just need to see it. But there's just really not a lot of holes on this team. Spencer Rattler, I think he's going to have a phenomenal season. I think they have plenty of pass catchers when you include the tight ends and H-backs. And then defensively, I think they got a chance to be a top five, top ten defense in all college football. So, uh, And then all of a sudden you get maybe the best punter in America. Like, like ninth inning, oh, here you go. Here's Mr. Turk. I think somebody asked, we talked uh, with both Oklahoma and, and Tulane today, and somebody asked if uh, Turk was going was gonna to be the punter. And the uh, laugh from Lincoln Riley was pretty funny. I mean, this guy, I guess he's like a real weapon. Like, I mean, the guy can just absolutely launch the football. So, you know, it's a well-coached team with a lot of talent. I think it's the most complete team Oklahoma's had. I would say probably going back to 08. Uh, if not, maybe, Teddy, some of the teams you and I played on. I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about one of the better all-around Sooner football teams heading into a season in the last 20 years. So uh, the stage is set. Now you just got to go out there and play. Because as a coach told me this week, talking season's over, baby. It's time to play some football. Yeah, and they're, they're going to play some football in Norman this weekend. All, all three of us, we were expecting to go to – Go to New Orleans, unfortunate circumstances, right? With that devastating hurricane down in the state of Louisiana, Dusty. But you, you were able to talk to players from Tulane and that coaching staff. Uh, let's start with Tulane's offense. This is a team that uh, maybe a lot of people don't know. They led the American Athletic Conference in rushing last season. And I look at that backfield. What, what do you think? of the Tajay Spears guy. I, I know he got hurt last year, but seems like a productive player at the running back position for the green wave. So first off, um, you know, man, just thoughts, prayers go out to everybody in that area. I mean, they were devastated, you know, talking to Willie Fritz today, they may be in Birmingham for the next couple of weeks, y'all like that, you know, Damn. yeah. I mean, so it's just, I, I just, I just really think about those people and how, still vibrant and just still thankful for the opportunity to play coaches and players were today. I was just like, wow, you want to talk about being handed a really tough situation. I mean, they had to go to Tuscaloosa yesterday just to practice because there was lightning in the area and coach Saban allowed them in their indoor just so they could get a practice in. I mean, what they're dealing with right now, yet they're still really fired up to come to Norman and play this football game. I just tip my cap to them. You know what I'm saying? Like they're dealing with, uh, devastation in their backyard at their home. So the way that they've been able to roll with the punches, adapt and adjust on the fly, I think it's, it's, it's commendable. And you, we should definitely keep that in perspective, I think, all throughout the weekend. I think that the fact that Oklahoma, the administration there, the administration at Tulane found a way to make this game happen, which did become in question, and all the proceeds are going to go to help all those people that need it back in New Orleans and greater Louisiana, I think all that's awesome. Uh, so I want to just start there before we get into the football, because there is elements of this. It's bigger than the football. Um, and we, we, we should we should mention that and we should keep that in mind on the field. This is who Willie Fritz is. People don't know who Willie Fritz is. Willie Fritz, a head coach at Tulane going into his sixth season. And by the way, he's got the chance to do something this year that's never been done in the history of the school. Make four straight bowl games. This is not a pushover bunch of chumps coming into Norman. It's a good football team. They made three straight bowl games. 
But Willie Fritz's background is option football. At the FCS level, it's where he really cut his teeth until he got an opportunity at Division I with Tulane. And he's morphed and changed. You're not going to see true traditional triple option like he was running. Um, but he is all about all of his football teams run the football. That's what they want to do. That's who they are. Last year, they averaged 217 yards a game. The offensive line is solid. I think they're much better run blockers than pass blockers. I really like the center, Sincere Hainsworth. I think he does a good job moving around, getting leverage. And the interior guys can play pretty well. The bulk of their offensive line is back intact, and they're a solid unit. I do think the edge is a little soft, which could be problematic in the throw game against some of the quality pass rushers Oklahoma presents. But the running backs, Oklahoma take a couple of them right now. And for me, it starts with 20 Camp Carroll. Uh, this dude looks like an SEC running back. He had 12 rushing touchdowns last year. He is huge. Big. He is physical. He runs through arm tackles. He's got open field speed. They like the inside zone. They like the outside zone. They run some counter and counter read. I question against this defensive front. They get so much penetration if they'll run some of that slow developing stuff. That could be very problematic. But they really like to get on edges. Good H-back slash tight ends. Uh, Tyreek James and Will Wallace do a good job helping set that edge. So they are dedicated and they want to run the football. But I really like Cam Carroll. And I also like 22 Tajay Spears. As you mentioned, banged up early last year. And, you know, Hutterson, Amari Jones kind of stepped in and took over. But these two guys are really talented. Tajay Spears, more of a uh, can do a little bit of everything. Versatility catches the ball in the backfield. He's more of a space player, going to make you miss. Whereas Carroll is just more of a power. So it's kind of their speed. I don't know if it's speed and lightning because Carroll's got speed too. But they've got, they've got a nice complement of running backs in that backfield with a, with a solid offensive line. Michael Pratt, the quarterback. So I had them in their second game of the season against Navy last year, way early. It was right after, if you guys remember, Navy got their break speed off of them by BYU in that opener. Didn't practice, didn't tackle, didn't hit. And they came back and they actually pulled off an unbelievable comeback and won against Tulane on a walk-off field goal. And in that game, I, Michael Pratt didn't play. No one even knew really who he was. He's a true freshman. Well, a couple of games later, he was inserted and it changed the outlook of their season. And he's a mobile quarterback. He's not going to wow you with speed, but he is a better athlete than what you're going to think. He, I think he has good natural vision and the ability um, to get yards. And they're going to run, like I said, in the read game. Uh, they're going to do that. They also have some design quarterback run, quarterback lead, quarterback counter. And that's going to be a part of what they do. And he's going to tuck it and run it at times whenever he's under duress. But he can throw it, man. Like, he can actually stand in there. And last year, I was watching last night Memphis, their final regular season game, and then I was watching them against Nevada in their bowl game. And he really developed some good timing with his wide receivers. Throws coming out of his hand when the receivers are at the top of their stem, in their breaks, and the ball's right there on the money. So, you know, this is a, a solid quarterback that you would anticipate he's going to continue to develop and get better and better. New offensive coordinator they have. Um, you know, they had Will Hall, who took a head coaching job. They bring in Chip Long, who was at Tennessee last year. But prior to that, he was the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame for Brian Kelly for three years. Very similar scheme to what they run, what they had ran a season ago. But you might see a little bit of tempo. They might see a little bit of pace, move it up and down, depending on how the game goes. But that is something that this new offensive coordinator brings. And outside, they've got a couple of weapons, man, like two Deuce Watts. He's smooth route runner. Catches the football. Four, Jaquan Jackson, very similar. I don't want to say that these guys are just flat-out burners and you have to be terrified of them. But again, 
it's a good measuring stick game for this Oklahoma defense that we, I think, all agree is going to be very good uh, because this is a running football team that has the ability to throw it. And I watched them against Memphis. They more from a team that just wants to line up and run it. But they spread you out and throw it all over the yard. So depending on where they want to attack you or how they think they can, um, you know, exploit your defense, they do have the ability, I think, to mix it up, run and pass. And, and overall, I just think it's a it's a solid offense that's going to be a good test for this Oklahoma defense. How about defensively? You know, uh, they didn't get off to the greatest start last year. They gave up some big point totals there at the the early and middle points of the season. But really, the last five games kind of got their act together, started playing really good, had a good performance there against Memphis that you mentioned, the season finale, uh, just got edged out by Tulsa in a double overtime game. What are we going to see from them on that side of the ball? You know, their defensive line, they could get after the queue last year. Like They could rush the passer. That kid named Cam Sample, Cameron Sample, played in the senior bowl as a draft pick. Uh, he's gone. And then Patrick Johnson was their other best rush in. So they're going to have to replace, you know, a lot of productivity off the defensive line. They got a guy, a nose tackle, Jeffrey Johnson. He's a big dude. He's probably goes 325, 330, which I do think he'll challenge that center position. No Creed Humphrey. That is one of the big question marks that we're going to see going into this. He's the veteran of the group. They also have a guy named Dorcius who transferred over from Memphis, active player. Not going to lie you with size, but he's a good, solid football player. And after that, they're very young up front. Like that is the one area. This is why I say, you know, you would expect Oklahoma to be able to win the line of scrimmage. Like if this is if this is going to be another classic Bill Beatonbow good offensive line, I just think with the youth they have up front, there should be some opportunities. The strength of this defense is the linebackers. They do have a couple of solid linebackers. I think Nick Anderson, Marvin Moody, uh, Dorian Williams, even Kevin Henry. You know, these are some guys that uh, solid backers. You know, good size, good speed, get to the football. They feel that that is the heart and soul of their defense and, you know, a couple of good guys on the back end, but, but really I think overall you hit it on the head, Teddy. I mean, they had some, they had some good moments last year they had some, what are we doing moments last year? And I think all in all, um, you know, they're going to be solid and, you know, but this is a team that's led by their offense. So there should be some opportunities, especially up front for this offensive line uh, to take advantage. They also have a new defensive coordinator, uh, Chris Hampton, he was at Duke last year, but he was at Tulane prior to that as the defensive backs coach for four or five years. And he got the opportunity to come back. He did it in a second and talk with him. This will be his first game to ever call defense. <laughs> well, that's a tough putt, isn't it? Wow. Your first time to call <laughs> plays against Lincoln Riley. Oh, boy. That's a chess match you might not uh, want to be a part of. But he was fired up today, man. He got me excited. Like, he was, like, fired up. I mean, and, and genuinely – you know, you could tell he respects the heck out of Coach Riley. He respects the heck out of this Oklahoma offense. But he's also chomping at the bit. You know, he's, a, he's, a, he's an eager, uh, brand-new defensive coordinator who wants to take his shot. And on one hand, you can look at it and say, man, that's a tall order. But what if you take your shot and you hit? So I, I just – I really enjoy talking with him. And you could feel his enthusiasm. And based off what he said, they had a great week of practice. He said even given all the other – outside things and moving around and not having all of your, uh, you know, not having all your equipment at your disposal. He still felt that they got the preparation they needed to come into Norman and play good defense. So um, that's clearly an area of the ball that they'd like to improve on from a personnel standpoint. We'll see if they can get there. And again, 
very tall task out of the shoot dealing with Lincoln Riley, Spencer Rattler, and this Oklahoma offense. Well, that's that's about as thorough of a breakdown as you're going to get of Tulane's entire football team. Right? Isn't there. that what you guys wanted? Is that what you that's, brought me on here for? That's I mean, exactly. I've been studying this tape. I've been reading. I mean, I've been. I got it all for you. So you okay, asked well, for what, it. What you uniforms got are we going to wear? I mean, are we throwing a, a an alternate out there or something? Come on. I have no idea on that. <laughs> I I have. I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Um, Who's going to be the home team? Who's going to be the away team? Maybe you guys are more privy to that than me. It was a question on the call today, and they weren't quite sure. So maybe that's something to keep an eye on. But I, I, I think it would be awesome to see them at home in the all white, the road whites. That would be pretty cool. I, and and I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I do I do think though there was at least from our side, it was not something asked on the call to either coaching staff to any of the players, but it was something that we talked about as a crew. Our producer kind of let us know that that is still somewhat up in the air that could be in question. So stay tuned on exactly if it's road or if it's home unis for the Sooners on Saturday afternoon. It's got to be. It's going to be the road whites. It's got to be. I mean, you have the chance. You, you have finally have the chance to rock it. the best uniform in college football at home. You got to do it, Dusty. I don't care if if only the lower bowls going to be filled, they, they got to do it. They got the, they got the opportunity to do it. They have to do it. I, go, I say, go for it. You know, I love the road whites. Obviously I will say though, as a fat guy, it you know, it, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, hide, doesn't hide the jiggle very well. You know what I'm saying? Which I, you know, I got, I kind of embraced the jiggle back in the day. So I can't say that it bothered me. Road whites are pretty nasty. Uh, that would be odd, though, right? To see the road whites at home on Owen Field, that would that'd be like a double take. And by the way, I, somebody asked me the other day what the capacity was for the lower bowl. I said my guess is between fifty and fifty-five thousand. Do you guys know? I think got, that's. I think it's got to be more than that, right? Is there is there thirty thousand in the upper decks? I, I have no idea. I, I guess fifty-five, and I was told, oh, it's got to be way too high. So I was like, I don't know, fifty to fifty-five thousand, but. I would have guessed 65. 65? You think only 20 up top? Yeah. But I just have no the idea. One side is, the one side is seat backs, which you don't hold as many, and the other side yep. is just, you know, I don't know, what, 30 to 30 or 20? If only well, we knew actually... some people at the University of Oklahoma yeah. and we could just ask. I, yeah. I guarantee you on just the broadcast, we'll have an attendance. I, I know this. I think it's still going to be a great venue. I think yeah. that even with just the lower bowl, I think it's still going to be loud. I think it's still, I just, man, I'm sorry. I just can't wait to see full stadiums, dude. I, I mean, I went around last year and I don't know if you guys dealt with this, but I went into empty stadiums. Empty. Think of it, we got two uh, freshmen from last year. And then this group of freshmen have never seen an environment like that. It's going to be crazy for second year guys to, finally see their home place rocking i'm just i'm happy for those guys i'm happy for the fans man i'm happy that they get back they can get back in the stadium and not and oklahoma fans obviously but but fans all over the country i mean this is this is what people live for right this is what what college football fans and people that love the sport and love game days and the passion the pageantry the tailgating like that that's a religion <laughs> that's a religion for Oklahoma Sooner fans, for the top fans and all the college football. And, you know, we always you say this all the time about anything in life. You sometimes take for granted what you have until it's taken from you. 
that was taken from everybody last year. And so I, I have to imagine the level of excitement and the level of appreciation to get that back this year is going to be palpable in Norman and in college campuses and stadiums all over the country this weekend. And I just absolutely love it. Before we let you go, do you want to explain to everyone that will be watching the game at home that you are going to be playing through pain, that you are going to be announcing through pain, that you're going to be a tough guy? Are we, do you want to talk about it or not? I mean, why not, right? I mean, it doesn't matter, does it? So what Gabe is talking about, oh, I don't even know. Is it, do, you, do I talk about this? You just, you just have show fun us. with it? Show because us. Show us. We want to people watch it. this on YouTube now, man. Show them the tooth. We want to see what tooth. It's gone. Okay. I, I kind of saw that a second ago. You turned a little bit to the side and I He's thought I saw like a, a... tooth. <laughs> uh... What do you mean? Oh, so, that's so good. Gabe, you and I did uh, Sirius XM Big 12 today on Sirius XM Big 12 radio. And we talked about this. So it's not like, and I think I'll probably talk about it tomorrow morning. I mean, it just, whatever. It is what it is. You know what? No, I got no secrets. So I didn't go to the dentist much as a kid. We didn't have what you'd like to call dental health care in my house. You know, that was a, a little bit above our pay grade. So apparently I had, and I, I had a baby tooth that never, the, the papa tooth, the adult tooth, is up here, up in my gum tissue. And I guess it never came down the way it's supposed to come down. So Baby Tooth just wanted to hang out and play. He's like, yo, what's up? I can play with the big guys. And I never really thought about it. And then, like, once I started getting into TV, like, Ted, you, we, I mean, you've known me, you've known me for 20 years. I bet before I got it fixed, you either you, if, if you did notice it, you never said anything. No one ever, like, said anything. But I had a Baby Tooth, and it's my canine. And once I started doing TV, it drove me nuts. Because it was like, it was a minuscule little guy, just a tiny little guy. So I had my dentist give me a crown. And the dentist cemented the crown right on the baby tooth. And it looked great. I mean, it was just phenomenal. Well, here in the last week or so, the old crown started loosening up on me a little bit. Uh -oh. And then yesterday, it got really loose. <laughs> and then today, well... Here you go, YouTubers. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So, what happened was Baby Tooth, Baby Tooth had to go to the uh, Tooth Fairy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> baby, baby Tooth couldn't, uh, couldn't make it any longer. So, uh, I went to the dentist today, and I have a great dentist. By the way, shout out Jeffrey Austin and Norman. He is amazing. And I'm getting in tomorrow morning at 930 and I'm going through what can only be described as an extensive procedure. And he told me I'm going to be in the chair for a minimum of three hours, which I hate <laughs> the dentist. Uh, I love him right now because he's going to fix me up. And he says he's going to have me looking better than ever. So after after about 1230 tomorrow, I'm hopeful that you'll never have to see this again. But it is what it is. So for everybody at home, two things. Chill, make sure your children brush their teeth, okay? And number two, um, take them to the dentist. 
And if there's something going on, like this thing should have been fixed when I was a kid. I should have braces, should have brought the thing down. And we'd never be dealing with this. But now I'm like 48 hours out before I'm doing a game or whatever we are, just over 48 hours before we have kickoff. And I'm missing one of the most prominent teeth in my mouth. So let's all pray for Jeffrey Austin <laughs> to work his magic so that I don't have to go out there looking like a hockey player on national TV uh, and call this game between Oklahoma and Tulane. I love uh. it. Let's go, Jeff. You got this. Come on, get some good sleep tonight. I sent him a picture earlier whenever it popped out, and he just sent like the laughing, crying emojis. <laughs> I'm like, damn. It's like, oh, that. Yeah. I'm glad you think it's so funny. I'm going on TV in a couple of days. That's so I was, great. I was, uh, I was coaching my kids, uh, flag football earlier. We were working on, working on some man schemes, you know, working on some cover two, some cover four. And then my middle linebacker says, Hey, what's wrong with your mouth? I was like, <laughs> what are you looking at? Like you keep those comments to yourself, young man. So even the, um, even the nine and 10 year olds outed me and saw, that there is a big gaping hole um, there in the top of my uh, top of my uh, my mouth. So there you go, Gabe. Does that make you happy? Uh, I know that's... ever since earlier today, you've been waiting for this moment. You've been waiting, and especially because earlier it's still in my mouth. It was just jiggling around. And the it's moment better I said to get it out picture, there, though, man, or else a lot of people are going to be watching the the show on YouTube and be like, "What the hell's going on with Dusty's mouth?" Well, I could have just stayed right behind this this new beautiful microphone I had. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which Nobody could ever see great. it. But I'll tell you that. Sounds fantastic. Sounds awesome. And let's just, to hell with what it sounds like, let's just hope that the grill is looking good. And I haven't even thought about what this is going to cost me because I can assure you this three-hour procedure ain't cheap, but you know what? I guess having teeth in your mouth, it, it, it costs <laughs> a little bit of money these days. So we're Priceless. just going to go ahead and stroke the check, whatever it is. You are the man, Dusty. Uh, I'm the toothless man. Hey, <laughs> fr from now on, next time I come on the pod, which you guys need to have me on more often, but the next time I come on the pod, maybe I just go by call sign toothless. You know toothless. what I'm saying? I, like it. I think toothless is, uh, I'm, not, I'm a toothless tiger these days. No more is it the 305 pound long haired badass. Now nipple it's rings. just the toothless. Don't forget the, the nipple rings. tiger. Well, nipple rings, they were there. Well, I still got those, maybe. <laughs> well, I, I got the hole there. I got the, I got the hole. I got the nipple that's still about four times the size of the other one. I actually, I think it was last year, I stuck one of, just to see if she still could, I stuck one of my wife's earrings through there. And I'll be darned, that hole doesn't ever close up. Still right there, primed and ready. Primed and, and on ready. that note, <laughs> Dusty Dvorak, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, have a good time on the call, man. It's... Uh, Oh, we'll see you Saturday. Uh, I, I will see you Saturday. You guys have a great call as well. Should be a phenomenal venue for college football. And everybody's just excited to be back. And, you know, just final thing. I, give a standing ovation to the Tulane Green Wave like you've never given an ovation before. They deserve it. They need it. They've been through hell. And their family's back home. So, you know, again, it's great that this game is happening. And it's great that there's an extra home game. For the merchants in Norman, uh, for these fans to be able to come support their team. But just remember that that football program and the people around it have been dealing with a lot. So I say give them as good of an Oklahoma welcome as you possibly can. And then once the game starts, give them heck like you always do. Absolutely, man. Thanks. All right, boys. Fired up. Always fired up when our man Dusty is on the call. But just a reminder. 
listen to the OU radio broadcast instead of <laughs> him and Dave Pass. Just a reminder. Just a reminder. It's going to be a fun crew. And, uh, yeah, if if you get to call your alma mater at home as an opener. Now, everyone likes New Orleans. Obviously, that would have been cool, too. But uh, so cool. Going to be a lot of fun. I will say this. And I, no one tell Dusty I said this. When he is on the call of an OU game, he does a great job of not letting the Crimson and Cream show too much. He does it. That has to be so hard, man. He really, it, it really is impressive how he's able to kind of hide the homerism. It, it is. I'm not sure I could do that. I'm not sure. It's, it's hard to hide, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Because you know what people are still going to say. Oh, yeah, Homer, of course. Yeah, boy, you couldn't tell who he was rooting for in the game. But people say that no matter what. Even if someone has zero connection to either team, every fan base is like, well, God, they're basically cheering for Ohio State to win this one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's a thankless job. All right, let's get to the National College Football Roundup. But first, do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And guys, the season is here. And you know what that means. It's hard seltzer season, baby. And there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast. And that is Will and Wiley hard seltzer from Coop Aleworks. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool at the lake. And if you're drinking at it, the tailgate, tag us. Let us know. Let us see. Enjoy those Will and Wiley's while they last. That's all I'm saying. It's made in Oklahoma. It's absolutely delicious. Go find it right now in a store near you. And go follow them on social media at at Will and Wiley. Okay, Ted, here's the plan for the season. National College Football Roundup on the Thursday episode, we preview the other best games. On the Monday episode, we recap the other best games. It's, it's simple. We're simple people. This is how we roll. So we won't be talking about, other than when they play OU, no more Nebraska, they're out. After they're out. The, uh, week zero they are game. so out. Unless they <laughs> knock someone off. They are so out, but we will start in the big 10 number 19, Penn state at number 12, Wisconsin. And man, this one feels like it's going to come down to quarterback play. And I know this isn't the best way to put it, but in my mind, it all comes down to who will suck less Sean Clifford or Graham Mertz, both guys that have had some inconsistencies, right? Especially Mertz last year. We thought he was going to win the Heisman to start the season. And then there were some games he was flat out bad. So both those guys have something to prove. Now, I like Jahan Dotson from Penn State, but I'm just not sure I trust Sean Clifford to get him the football. 
We'll see if the Clemson transfer, Ches Malusi, can get that Wisconsin running game back to what we are used to seeing from it. They did not run the football that well last year, which was one of the more shocking things in all of college football now. Last season was weird for a lot of people. But I do think Wisconsin's defense is going to be solid. The game's in Madison. That is a hostile environment. I like the Badgers. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. You know, talking about last year, it's fascinating because no one in the Big Ten really was themselves other than Nebraska getting pounded by everyone. But it was weird. Penn State was terrible. Indiana was good. Wisconsin was weird. It was such a it was such an off year in the Big Ten. And Penn State, I just I feel like. I just I don't know what to think. Watching them last year, they were so out of it. Are they going to be more what Franklin has built there, where it was a good, consistent football team year in, year out, and then you kind of after last year you throw all that out and be like, no, they're just they're just terrible. They're not any good. So I I'm interested to see what Penn State actually looks like. But for all the reasons you talked about, I, I like Wisconsin. I like them at home. That place is going to be fired up to finally have a, a big group of fans there, get back to running the football, rely on winning the line of scrimmage. That's what, that's what Wisconsin does, but uh, it's a, it's a really hard game to pick. You just, you don't know which, which of these teams are going to show up. Malusi. I don't even know if that's how you say it. Malusi, Malusi, Malusi. Malusi. That's, we'll that's what I'm going with. We'll see. Hey, you got a scholarship to Clemson. How bad could it be? Right. I am. Uh, I, I do think it clearly it's going to come down to whether or not Wisconsin can run the football, put Graham Mertz in good situations. Right. When he's comfortable, kids got talent. When he's uncomfortable, damn, he will make some mistakes. So that, that is, that's a fun game. And I will give the big 10 credit. Good on you, Kevin Warren. These early important conference matchups, man, these are awesome. And they've got it. They've had a couple of them. Like this, this is fun. I like it. I like it a lot. Kevin Ward, keep it going. No, it's it's a good trend. This is one of the better week ones in college football that that I can really remember. There's usually we'll have one really good game, maybe two, but there's some good stuff out there this week. We've got number one Alabama versus number fourteen Miami. That game is in Atlanta. I know. Bama lost a ridiculous amount of talent. I get it. Quarterback, receiver, running back, offensive line, a couple guys on defense. Like, I get it. But there's there's just no way I don't pick Nick Saban in the Crimson Tide in this game. Like, there's just, there's no way. And, and we'll see how De'Eric King looks coming off the ACL. Like, does he still have that same mobility? It's kind of hard to believe that he would, I mean, it's been a quick turnaround, right? Remember, he got hurt in the bowl game. So Miami's got a lot of experience on the offensive line, but I've been very, very critical of their offensive line play for years now. So I'm not sure how those good, how good those guys are coming back. I, I think Will Anderson is kind of that next dude along the defensive front for Alabama. I think they're going to bother De'Eric King. I don't think Miami's going to run the ball worth a shit. 
And I think Bryce Young is going to be one of those guys where we watch him and we go, oh, that, yeah, that guy's good. That's, that's what I'm expecting from that game. Well, I agree. That's, that's going to be the story. Alabama's going to win. Um, Miami is improved. They're better. Uh, I hope Rambo goes off. But the, the De'Eric King point that you hit on, I think, is maybe the biggest factor that, that no one else is really even talking about. Everyone's just kind of penciling in De'Eric King like he's going to be 100%. We're talking about eight months, nine months. That's incredibly fast. Now, I know people come back from ACL a lot quicker than they used to, but to expect a guy who's just now getting back to form to come out and be good enough to beat Alabama, I'm sorry. I just I don't see it. I don't see it. And if Bryce Young, if we're coming out of this game talking about, well, Alabama's got another stud at quarterback, that's not a good sign for the rest of college football. Uh, I'm I'm going to I'm going to save you some time here, Ted. <laughs> Bryce Young, he, he's going to be really damn good. Billy really damn good. I, o, o coordinator, you feel good about it? Yeah, no, no, a few people inside that program, and I believe uh, one guy told me he's the truth, the truth, Ted. So we'll we'll see, but. He's got weapons. They got veteran running backs back now. They may not have a Najee Harris yet. We'll see if one of those young guys develops into that. All the guys that were supposed to go to OU are playing running back for now, if you if you recall. So we'll see. But yeah, I think I think Nick Saban and the Tide are going to be just fine. Now, minus 19 and a half, that's a little disrespectful. I'm not touching that. But I don't think there's any way Miami knocks off Bama. I just Ain't happening. I don't care if Manny Diaz is calling the defense. Doesn't matter. Well, here's the thing. Uh, There's no one better at having a team locked in, focused uh, on the details coming out in week one than Nick Saban. Like, that's that's kind of their specialty. Yeah. He'll he'll somehow have them feeling like they're an underdog, like they're being disrespected. It even though they're number one in the country. It he's a master. He's a master at that. Okay. Game of the week for a lot of people. Number five, Georgia versus number three, Clemson. I believe this game is in Charlotte at the Panthers Stadium. Yeah, that's right. Kind of fun. I know everyone is focused on DJ Uyunglele and JT Daniels in that quarterback battle. But when, when these teams get together, when, when it's a big-time game in the opener, I'm always watching the line of scrimmage, right? Yeah, yeah. The quarterbacks are important. There's no doubt. I know Georgia has had some OL banged up in training camp. That certainly won't help against the defensive line for Clemson. That is legit. Led by the Brian Breesy kid and Tyler Davis. Like Those dudes can play. But for whatever reason, and I'm not entirely sure why, Ted, I think Zamir White and the rest of that Georgia running back core is going to have some success on the ground in this football game. I think that's going to put JT Daniels in good spots. And I think Clemson's going to struggle to run it. Uh, I really do. I think they are going to really miss Travis Etienne moving on. And I look at that Georgia defensive line. Oh boy. 
They got some dudes. It's all led by the big man in the middle, Jordan Davis. I just, for whatever reason, I think the dogs are going to win this football game. I don't feel great about it. I could be wrong. Clemson could roll. I mean, we don't really know what we have with these two teams until we see them. But for whatever reason, I just think George is going to win the battle at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, Clemson's going to roll them. Um, Georgia's got too many injuries right now. Too banged up. Got a lot of guys, missed a lot of camp. I don't know exactly who all's going to be playing and who's not. We'll see that, uh, you know, game time. But too many guys banged up. I think Clemson right now is one of the more disrespected teams in all of college football. You know, uh, last year Clemson has a down year. They get slaughtered by injury on defense. And I think they were still like a, a top 15 or 20 defense in the country. The year before that, they were number one. The year before that, they were number two. The year before that, they were number one. The year before that, they were number two. Okay, they are playing unbelievable defense, and that's about to bounce back. And without all hands on deck, I don't think Georgia's going to have enough. Uh, I don't think Daniels is going to be able to light them up. It's going to be way tougher throws, tighter windows, uh, you know, more difficult down in distances. The running game, uh, they're good running the football. They are, but yeah, I think all of those things lead me to, to Clemson not only winning, but I think coming out and saying, uh, did people forget about Clemson? Not so fast. One thing I do hope we see, I hope we see the Justin Ross we remember. Yeah. I, I'm rooting for that Good kid, story. man. That's, that's an awesome story. If you don't remember, neck injury, thought his career was probably over. He is back for Clemson, and I think we're all rooting for that kid. My favorite part about this game, like it's this badass matchup in week one and is, it is the Dukes Mayo classic. <laughs> uh, what kind of money does Dukes Mayo? They must sell a lot of Mayo, man. Are you a, uh, I'm not mayo a Mayo guy. guy. I'm a ranch dressing man. Yeah. I, I do not like, it's not the worst thing ever, but I'm a miracle whip guy. I not real mayo. I don't. I guess if I'm at a restaurant and they uh, listen, one of my things, guys, you can call it aioli if you want. It's mayonnaise. It's fancy mayo. Like it can be a garlic aioli. You sprinkled some garlic on some mayonnaise. Okay, we but, but I'll if it comes if like an aioli. If a spicy aioli comes on a sandwich or something, like I'm not gonna have them take it off. So it's not like I'm anti mayo. It's just it, it's pretty far down on my pecking order of condiments. Way right. down. Given a choice, that you're not going there. I got you. Yeah. Okay. This is a game. I'm not gonna lie. It may be the most exciting game of the weekend for me because I just want to see what happens. Number 23, Louisiana, traveling to Austin to take on number 21, Texas. A nice, tough opener for our man Steve Sarkeesian and Longhorns. We'll get our first look at Hudson Card, who was named the starting quarterback for the Longhorns. I, I am fired up 
to see how Sark uses Bijan Robinson. It was criminal the way that he was underutilized last season for that team. It sounds like Sark likes what he's seeing from that defense. I was able to talk to him about his defense. He is very high on that defensive line with the Jomo, Alfred Collins. They feel good. Keandre Coburn, they feel good about their defensive front. But Billy Napier brings a veteran team, 20 starters back from a team that went 10-1 and last season, and their one loss, I believe it was by three points to Coastal Carolina, who was a damn good team under Jamie Chadwell last year. They've got their quarterback back. He is fun to watch. If you haven't watched Levi Lewis play, you are about to be entertained. All I know is there are some Texas fans that are very, very nervous about this one, man. They should be. I, they really should be. I, I, you know, I saw some some people from Texas, like some of their riders and stuff, picking some of the Big Twelve games, and someone had Texas winning like forty eight to ten or something like that. I was like, in what world? Now, obviously, Texas. If, if they're on the screws, they come out and they get all of that talent to finally show up in, in one place and play together, good, solid football. I think they can win the game and, and win it pretty decently, but I think that's asking a lot. That requires excellent quarterback play, and I'm not sure that they're going to have that. I, the things for me to watch in this game are exactly what you talked about. How do they use Bijan Robinson? I think he's going to get a lot of carries. You look at how Najee Harris was last year. I think he had like 40, 43 catches out of the backfield last year. So seeing how they get him involved and um, that defense for Texas, uh, you know, that's – they're going to be good. You know, that that coach has done some really good things out at Washington. That was a fantastic hire. We'll see if he can get those guys to play. But I, I think that they're going to be in a dogfight. The interesting thing to look at coming out of this football game is Hudson Card and his efficiency. You look at the quarterbacks under Sark at Alabama, you're talking about like 75, 77% uh, completions. Last year, Mac Jones had a 203 quarterback rating, and I think um, Tua had like a 206. So unbelievable stuff for those quarterbacks under Sarkeesian. If we see Hudson Card, a guy that I think is just okay, start to have some efficiency numbers that look like that, be worried. One thing that Sark's quarterbacks at Bama always had was a really good offensive line. Yep. Last couple of years, everything. They well and that matters, but it does it? Good offensive line play can go a long way. Texas's offensive line was one of the more disappointing units in the country for me last year. I had high expectations. Even Cosme didn't play well. And they just took turns throughout games, making mistakes. So have they fixed that? Has Kyle Flood come and really influenced that group? Will they be better along the offensive line, making Hudson Card's life a lot easier? There's just there's a lot I'm going to be looking for in that football game. I've been waiting for that game for months. Like I am fired up to see what Texas looks like against. Don't get it twisted. People Louisiana is good. 
they are a good football team. So that is a that is a test out of the gate for Sark in that group. So I can't wait to see. Oh man, if they lose. Well, either way, Ted, there is going to be a massive overreaction either way. Like Texas fans are going to be like, Sark is the savior, or it's going to be like, oh my God, let's fire him. If they win, yeah. like it's it's going to be one or the other. I can't wait. Well, I, I don't know if they're going to win this game or not, but I think that they're going to lose either Louisiana or Arkansas. They're going to lose one of those two games. Take your pick. And honestly, if they lose to Louisiana, they may back that up with a loss to Arkansas too after losing some of that that confidence and that mojo. Yeah. No, I, I could definitely see that happen happening. I mean, that is – that's tough out of the gate for Sark to start the tenure, Louisiana. Because it's and a, a tr- and then it's a, trip a lose to lose. You're supposed yeah. to win both games. Yeah, it's a lose lose. You beat Louisiana, a good football team. Well, who cares? It's Louisiana. Of course, you should beat them. Not even a Power Five football team. Yeah, good job. Congrats. What do you want to raise? But if you lose to them, it's like, oh my God, how in the world could you lose to Louisiana? That's crazy. Tough. All right, let's get. Let's get to our winners. And I, I'm sorry to Indiana, Iowa. I just the game just wasn't sexy enough for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't put it on the list. Yeah, if you want to say something about it, feel free, Ted. I like Fry Fogel. I like Penix. Give me Tom Allen in the Hoosiers. He makes me happy. I'm rooting for him. I hope they continue. It was a fun run last year. Let's see if it was uh, real or if it was just a, a pandemic situation catching a bunch of other teams not being themselves. Yeah, we'll see. All right, let's get to our winners and losers. Are you unhappy with the surface around your pool? Are you not pleased with your patio? Soft Rock specializes in installing safe rubber surfacing for pools, patios, gym floors, and other outdoor spaces. Soft Rock's rubber safety surfacing provides a long-lasting surface, and this is impact and slip resistant, fully customizable, and virtually indestructible. Local business owners Heidi and Cody Clark are avid OU fans that are driven to help you with all of your pool and patio surfacing needs. Visit softrock.com slash OKC. That's S-O-F-T-R-O-C.com slash OKC for more information. The Clarks also own The Driveway Company. The Driveway Company has tailored solutions to eliminate all your driveway problems. They can repair cracks. Clean and seal your rotting grass field joists to prevent water damage, ultimately saving you thousands of dollars in future repairs. Visit thedrivewaycompany.com slash OKC for all of your driveway repair needs. Learn more about SoftRock and the Driveway Company by visiting their Facebook and Instagram pages or by calling 405-294-9834. And if you are looking to buy or sell a house in the OKC metro area, I just used the Ronaldo Cloud Group to sell my old house, and it was so easy and stress-free. Stacia Ronaldo and Maddie Cloud are with Sage Sotheby's International Realty. They believe in prompt communication, an honest relationship, and the luxury service, and that's exactly what they gave me. You can reach them by emailing Stacia at Stacia at SageSure.com. That's S-T-A-C-I-A at S-A-G-E-S-I-R.com, or you can contact them on Instagram at at SoldByStacia and at SoldByMaddie underscore. You will not regret using them. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? Well, I thought about... Going with Dion's son, Shador, getting the Beats by Dre deal, about to make his debut at uh, Jackson State. That's going to be awesome. Uh, 
even thought about going with Jimbo Fisher. $9 million a year for finishing second in your conference. Uh, pretty impressive. Uh, but I had to settle on Trey Norwood making the roster in Pittsburgh. Outstanding job by him. We knew it was a rough go last year. Missed a ton of time because of contact tracing and all kinds of different things. Had to play different positions. But a football player is a football player. You can throw him at corner. You can play him at nickel, safety, uh, all of your special teams. So to hear hear that he made the team, hear the special teams coach talk about, he threw him in a bunch of different spots and he didn't blink. What do you say? Tell them to uh, cut off his uh, eyelids or something like that because you can't blink. And Does not seem like good advice. No, but I, I thought that was awesome. You know, uh, Caught some people by surprise, myself included, whenever he he opted to, to head to the NFL. But, you know, we watched him there on Pro Day, and, and we're talking about the fact that he's a football player. And you can't just really look at – you can't just look at his, his times, his numbers. You've got to go dig kind of deep into his story, and you'll find that you've got a great, great player there that's had some really hard circumstances. Yeah. Good player, battled through adversity. I love when the OU guys make the team. Uh, that brought a smile to my face. So fired up for Trey Norwood, and he's going to get some time, man. I mean, they're, they're going to put him on too. the feet. They're going to put him on the field and some of that dime package stuff. I, I think we're going to see some Norwood out there, and he'll be on all the special teams units, I'm guessing, Ted. So yeah. fired up for him. That is a big deal. Welcome to the league, Trey Norwood. That a boy. It's awesome. I mean, that's he didn't just um, he didn't just make the team like the practice squad to make the fifty three. Like that that is awesome. You're going to be asked to do some stuff. So uh, really, really uh, amped up for him. Yeah. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the week? I had to go with Deshambo. I hate to pile on here, but. No, I full disclosure, I almost went with DeChambeau also. So I'm so glad that you did. Here's the thing, man. He he brings a lot of this on himself, right, with some of his antics. But the fact that the PGA is now gonna toss people out of tournaments for saying Brooksy or whatever to to Bryson, it makes him look worse. Just the fact that they're doing that, that's gonna direct more hatred at DeChambeau and I get it I I hate that I hate that fans are emboldened to say to feel like they can say whatever they want to an athlete because of how much money they make that doesn't that doesn't make it okay to say some of those things uh to to guys and you know some things aren't that bad saying Brooksy to Bryson DeChambeau is not that bad but you also don't hear a lot of the other things that people are saying out there and it's frustrating. And I, I just, I, I'm not like backing DeChambeau. I'm just saying that the fact that the PGA is making this rule is going to make it worse for him. Not better. No, no, no. Ted, when, when you tell people not to do something that doesn't make them want to do it anymore. I mean, come on. That's not how the world works. That's not how drunk That's dudes crazy. work at golf tournaments. That's crazy. I, I it's going to be a disaster.
It, <laughs> it brings me back, and I know I'm not the only one that's had this idea over the years, but it brings me back to my coupon system. Every professional athlete, you should get one coupon from the league that at any point in time, a fan says something crazy to you, you turn, you present the coupon, and you say, I get to fight you. Right. Once I, a year. I, I hate it. It's the kind of same thing with the Mets deal. Like everyone thinks that they should be able to scream whatever they want at players, uh, say some of these most horrible things. But if someone does this, it's like the end of the world. Like we can't, ha- are you kidding me? The thumbs down? No way. It's just laughable. The whole thing's funny. Yeah. It's the Mets thing. I will say it made me read and watch some stuff about baseball because I was like, oh, really? I like this drama. And I dove well, into it a little bit. I thought about putting the Mets in there because they're GM DUI four fifteen in the morning on Tuesday. That just uh, throwing more, you know, gas on the fire. Who gets a DUI at four fifteen on a Tuesday? <laughs> Godly! All right, for my winner of the week, thought about going with Mac Jones. Man, big time, right? Patriots cut Cam Newton. Bill Belichick continues to be an absolute savage. And now Mac Jones is the guy in New England. And Teddy, I feel like you called this, man. When when Cam missed those practices, you and I kind of threw some hits out there. We were like, oh, he's done. And Cam was. And I, I do think Mac Jones is a better player. I think you have to be able to push the ball down the field. You have to make defenses in the National Football League feel threatened. And that's what Mac Jones can do. I think he's going to be legit. Yeah. Uh, they say decision-making is there. Um, he's really improved. He's got the capable arm. We'll see how it goes. It's not going to be easy. You know, it's not going to be easy. He's going to have definitely his his tough moments, but I think he'll do a good job too. Yeah, but I decided to go with another quarterback as my winner of the week. Ted, does the name Zeb Nolan sound familiar to you uh yeah i remember when iowa state rolled in with the third string quarterback and uh kicked our butts yeah zeb nolan he's uh he's had some good games in his career started iowa state played for north dakota state uh played his last game or so he thought in the spring this year when ndsu they they lost in the playoffs there in the fcs And Zeb Nolan decided he wanted to get into coaching. So made some calls and got a GA job with our boy Shane Beamer on his staff at South Carolina. Well, South Carolina starter Luke Doty goes down and the Gamecocks found themselves in a bit of a pickle and approached Zeb Nolan with an idea. And that idea was to come play another year of football because he had another year of eligibility. He said, ah, sure, why not? And competes throughout camp and ends up being their starting quarterback and wins the job. And he will start for South Carolina in their opener against Eastern Illinois this Saturday. We'll see when the Doty kid gets back, but... How cool of a story is that? Not a great situation, in my opinion, for our guy Shane Beamer, but a good story nonetheless. Well, 
it's going to be an even better story if they win. And there's something about stories like this that, you know, people get behind and you feel like something special just might happen. Could be really cool. National champions, South Carolina Gamecocks, Neb Zol- ne- Zeb Nolan, Zeb Nolan, Zeb Nolan. That's kind of hard I to like say. Neb Zolan better. I like <laughs> Neb <that>. Zolan <laughs> takes them to the title. No, I, I that's that's pretty cool for Zeb Nolan, and <laughs> I just feel for our man Shane Beaver, like he didn't have any better options than that. <laughs> I know. I seriously, I he's going to do awesome though. I th- Beamer is that they, they are that fan base is fully locked in behind him. He's done a great job so far. Yeah, for my loser of the week, thought about going with Urban Meyer. Mm. Guy has he's just got to stop telling the truth. <laughs> You got to stop telling the truth, Urban. I mean, said vaccination status was factored into roster decisions. And of course it was. We all know that is the case around the league. But you can't say it out loud, Urban. The the NFL and the NFLPA agreed that that wouldn't play a role in roster decisions. Now he says it. And their their whole situation there in Jacksonville is being looked into by the league and the players association, Ted. Oops. Come on. They didn't give you the name urban liar for nothing. So come on. You got to live up to the name, live up to the reputation. I thought it was funny though, that they, you know, they said today they issued that statement. Well, you know, we didn't release anyone based on that, but everything was looked into. So yeah. Which I mean, honestly, you kind of have to. You kind of have to look at that stuff as, as restrictive as some of those protocols are for the unvaccinated guys. I can understand it being a being a factor for sure. Yeah, everything matters. When it as comes unfortunate to as it is, I mean, you kind of have to try and put your, your team in the best position. Yeah, for my loser of the week, I also thought about going with anybody that criticized Quinn Ewers for skipping his senior year of high school to go to Ohio State because, my God. He has reportedly reached Cha-ching. a three-year deal just for autographs with GT Sports Marketing for $1.4 million, and that's on top of the kombucha money, Ted. Awesome for him. I love it for him. I Great decision to leave high school. Big money, but... I feel like everyone in the locker room is going to hate him, especially if he's the third-team quarterback. And I can't imagine how in the world this is a good business decision for anyone. Like, for him, fantastic. But is anyone really going to get – like, that is a massive risk on a huge unknown. I think C.J. Stroud's going to kill it this year. Maybe – Quinn Ewers ends up being better. Like the the one thing I keep reminding myself is okay, what happens if he's the next Trevor Lawrence? Because remember, number one quarterback in the country. What happens if he's the next Trevor Lawrence? What happens if he lives up to his recruiting ranking? All that stuff. If he ends up being that, if he ends up being the number one pick in the draft, like then this was a great investment for GT sports marketing. But like you said, th- that's a big if. But uh, I mean, we'll see. Once again, hey, it's not, not his my problem. Money. <laughs> not his problem. <laughs> right. Not my money. But for my loser of the week, 
And this has this has it has a lot to do with you, Daddy. I'm not gonna lie because my loser of the week, the Detroit Lions. Now we both played for the organization, and thank you to the Lions for giving us the opportunity. But they blew their chance of them being Teddy Lehman's favorite team in the history of the National Football League because Tuesday they released both of the kickers they had on their roster, Randy Bullock and Zane Gonzalez. And for about 24 hours, we all thought that maybe Dan Campbell just might be crazy enough to go without a kicker. Like maybe he's just crazy enough to do it. And I thought that that would fulfill a lifelong dream of yours, Ted. I don't know anyone that despises kickers quite like you do. I have to assume you enjoyed the hell out of those 24 hours. Maybe the lines would have just gone for two every time that was being discussed. But then Wednesday, they claim our man, Austin Seibert, off of waivers. He is a new kicker for the Droid Lions. I was heartbroken for you. I was excited for our man, Seibert. But at least your dream died because of an OU guy. Yeah, that was a little bit of a bonus and it came right after I was moved to tears uh, last week. Whenever I th- was it the Texans had a defensive back kickoff. Yeah. The Reed guy. And he was yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's, he's actually good. I, I cried myself to sleep with how awesome that was seeing a defensive guy out there playing kickoff, which a funny story. I, uh, I played soccer all the way through high school. Um, had a pretty good leg and I almost had Brent Venables convinced that I should kick off because no one accounts for the kicker in, uh, blocking their kickoff return. And I would be able to run down unblocked and make every single tackle. He honestly was like, that's the greatest idea I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, it was awesome, but Congrats to Cyber. That that was great. I thought Campbell's like, we don't need no damn kickers on this football team. Kickers aren't players. We don't need those guys. <laughs> I loved great. how people were like, well, if anyone would do it, Dan is Dan's the guy. I mean, it's like, hey, you have a defensive guy kick off and, and just go for two every time. You can get yourself an extra tight end, Dan, on the roster. Yeah, and you just find someone that can boot it. Find a Teddy Lehman. That's it. (laughs) And on that note, episode 143 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Monday morning. Of course, recapping the OU Tulane game, recapping the big games across the country. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on sport or 94.7 The Ref. Yes. And you can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio Channel 375. Hope you all have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, everybody. Until next time. We appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.